Zardoz speaks to you. His chosen ones, the gun is good. Take advantage of uh, Daddy Bezos, you know. It's it's really great. Overlord. Like, Overlord. Oh wait, are we talking reptilian? No, king? keep going. Yeah. We're, we're talking about our reptilian Overlord okay. King. I, I thought we were talking about like the movie. I was about to make a comment, but uh, I just want to like recommend like the show. I the show makes me want to read the comic book. The show absolutely makes me want to go ahead and sit down. Well, you're gonna read the, the comic book anyway. I I might like I was saying before you're about hero ga- hero gasm. I read hero gasm online, and that was that was kind of like my first full on introduction. A lot of it has just been snippets of the show. And the one thing I will say, the so what I have seen in the comic, it's incredibly graphic and incredibly grotesque. They do th- they do a lot of things. I keep hearing references to a baby being eaten by somebody in the comic books. Haven't seen it in the show. However, comma, they go um they did do one scene uh that was I was very I was very hearsay on whether they were going to do it or not. And I'm not sure if I should go into spoilers at this point. I'm not sure if I should go into a spoilers. It's not, sure. it's nothing too much to the, start off with a newer relevant topic so Dixon can throw some tags in there. What's something topical? Like, now I'll let, no, we topical? can go into whatever now. We have that tag on there. It's trending. Have you trending. seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you? Um, me and, me and Mr. Mr. Leahy were talking about this earlier. Daniel. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I yes, yes I, I yes I have seen Once Upon a Time. Before we in continue, uh, we didn't even do an introduction. Hello, welcome to uh, Joe Rogan podcast. We have check it out Joe Rogan. Say something, Joe. Joe, Joe Rogan. We have Joey Diaz. Hi, I'm Joe Rogan. And Elon Musk. <laughs> Hi, I'm Elon Musk. <coughs> okay. Uh, this is a, a Zarcast, the original, uh, the original Zardos uh, fan club podcast. Yes. Coming to you live from the uh, International uh, Space Station, hovering uh, 4.5 millimeters above the Earth. By the way, in the future, like if you really want to do, because I'm always, I always feel like we need at this intro. point, we yeah, at this point, I'm just so end. used to, I'm just so used to Switch us just up. rolling with it that I, I always forget you try to do the intro. If any point I'm trying to get us started on a topic and you get, you like want to do the intro, just tell me to shut up. <laughs> just tell me to shut up. I want to tell you to shut up most of the time, but I'm not gonna do I mean, that because I'm not. By all means, back. I mean this is honestly why Dixon never wants me on the podcast. <laughs> this is topical. This is topical. Let's it's talk ho- about Dan. Let's just, let's just shit on me for the rest of the podcast. Right, we yeah. do that. Dan, so, uh, Dan, this is uh, this what is are those shorts made out of? I don't know. They just bought them. They cotton. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got spots on them. Fuck. I actually was very cautious about buying these because of the spots. Let me see your socks. Do your socks match? Okay, I can't do a bit about that. The audience can't Why? see your socks. Oh, I was I was wondering if you were meant like socks were matching to the shorts. I'm like, oh no, god, no, no, what was he about to say? If you had two like of the same socks, those are Fruit of Loom. No, I'm like I'm like Death the Kid from Soul from Soul Eater, where I'm like everything's got to be symmetrical. Start with that. No, that. Charlie, would you believe me that I made that reference just because I wanted to piss him off? I think it works. <laughs> um, so since I love how much you hate anything, we we're not gonna get into that. Yeah, let's not get into that. Right. So we need to have a little reset. We we don't have Turco here today, so we can't do a full reset. But right, since this is just a lost since episode, our, since our last episode, we broke one of the commandments of the podcast: not having Turco on. No. Doing by by talk, talking politics on we, the last episode. Oh, the last episode was Vermin politics. Supreme. Because yeah. technically we talked to one Vermin. He transcends, you know, these he transcends borders. Life. Yeah. yeah. He's he, just such a larger-than-life figure, 
And I think the reason you had him on is because he is like a Zardoz figure. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's very is prolific. He, is it that weird? is a great idea. So I'm not a, I'm not a political person, but is it weird that I, just watching him from that and listening to him from that episode, that I, I immediately want to meet him, but I want to talk nothing about politics with him. I just want to literally pick every other aspect of his brain. He's a very interesting character. Can I say that I completely forgot that Alan Rickman is in Dogma? Sorry. How? He's gone. I mean, but at that point in his career, he was he, he had carte blanche, and his movies were making making good money. Was he? Had well, he, actually, had, had he been Hans Gruber before that? Who's Hans Gruber? Wasn't that a uh, Die Hard villain? Am I wrong? Oh, never seen Die Hard. On that note, so ever? Like, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. What? That's, that's Hans Gruber. No. Yeah. Never. No. Watch it tonight. After I, I almost movie. got it for five dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no that's actually me? fair. Yeah, wait till Christmas. I almost got Morris it for five dollars. Morris is an Easter movie. What is? Morris is an Easter movie. Oh fuck! Because the Easter Bunny's in it. By the way, that's I, a good I wanted movie. to I wanted to mention this to you the other day. Somebody who has never seen Clerks before literally just gave a Clerks line. Like we were at, I was at my job, and they go ahead and like working in laser tech and they go ahead and somebody as i was walking out somebody just goes what are you even supposed to be here today and i just look at them and i'm like mm. what are you what are you dante and he's like what i'm like never mind you're in culture i'm like never mind you're on culture guys never even seen clerks. Yeah. what is the best scene from clerks you know we, we went from gone to your head we we were having this discussion about things being topical okay all right but we let's were trying go to go in order trying what, to go topical but to answer topical your question the uh, the funeral scene is my personal. Favorite. Okay, I think that's my favorite part too. I, when they first get the guy out, I think that's like my favorite sequence in that. Which one? Well, after the guy bites it and they get him out of the bathroom, that part is that the uh, funeral you were talking about? No, 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 no. The, the <laughs> scene where they go to go to the girl's funeral and, oh, like, and then yeah. they do something bad at the funeral. Yeah. Okay. And then they run out. That music that plays. It's, it's beautiful. I'm gonna be such the odd man out with this. My my favorite scene had to have been the scene with like the guy sell, trying to like push gum, like he just was yeah. like the Julie's gun salesman. Yes. I've met him. He's a nice guy. Really? Yes. I also love um. The, I think the scene with the eggs is one of my favorite. Just Walt because Flanagan? I've. Yes. I've felt that before when they're like just watching him do it and just letting it happen. Yes. And the guy's like, what's that? Like, I, I feel like I've been in a very similar situation. Fetch so. a million dollars as a guidance counselor. Because <laughs> if your life was a meaning, meaningless as a, as a guidance counselor, what would you think? I don't know what I think. So what we was, are. What's something topical? We are the Zardos podcast. We were, we're the official Marvel and Clerks and. Um, we haven't um, even gone into Marvel um, yet. Uh, Boys wasn't actually owned by Marvel. They were owned by like I think Image. I'm just talking about what we usually talk. Actually, about. To, actually to be to be completely honest, the Boys is owned by DC because I think Image, if I'm correct, they own yes. them. I know it's some branch of comics that that DC mm. owns that technically made the Boys. So, but anyway, before that, we were talking about Let's, we were one, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. We're gonna edit this you as a topical just... conversation, so we'll start okay. at this point and we'll we'll okay. talk for about. 20 minutes. Welcome to this. Zardos. Okay. Welcome. What, what's something topical we should talk about? Well, we were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, I want to hear what the host thinks. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's really... This is why we need you here. <laughs> we need you as like a happy medium. So, uh, so Joan, we got a little bit of an issue here. You, you, you do this to me when I have my sun. Hold on. I got to grab the sunglasses for this. That's you... not topical. <laughs> what's Joan? something topical? 
John, we finally found George. He's been missing for so long. Oh, would you look at that? It's George. He's right here in the middle of the room. We're missing Ringo. Ringo's out doing his Ringo thing. Ringo didn't get his animal crackers today. Now he didn't no. want to come in for work. No, but this is what after. I this refuse is... to do the bit until we pick a topic, and then I, I will do the bit. It was once upon a time in Hollywood. My is that what favorite. you're? Is that what you're okay with? We're, is that what we're doing? My personal favorite. I'm just happy to be here. Oh, there he goes. My personal favorite Blu-ray in the collection is the Beatles documentary, Eight Days a Week. Oh my god, I didn't know that they made a documentary about us. I remember being in the band. I remember back when I was in the band. Back before Yoko started riding my geek. That was much. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. We should make that like a joke segment, just like John Paul and. And now it's time for the Beatles. We should have like a sponsored by section, and it's like them pushing the Beatles podcast is brought to you by John Paul and Ringo, and occasionally George. Releasing a new album, and it's like them promoting their shit. So we talking about the Terrence. I like to call this album Yellow Submarine. Wait a minute, that was the song. And now this is the Beatles Hour, where we're going to talk about the new Quentin Tarantino film. We're going to review films as John Paul and What do you think, John? Well, quite frankly, I thought it was a little bit of rubbish. Oh, I thought it was quite good. Uh, I uh, was very disappointed for Tarantino. I it was quite good. Expected a lot more. I expected a lot from Tarantula. Tarantula. Whatever Quentin you say Tarantula. I Quentin Tarantula. So I saw the trailer for this movie. And it's Quentin Tarantino making a movie about the Manson murders. And I was like, this is going to be one of my favorite Tarantino movies. And it ended up being one of my least favorite Tarantino movies. I'm I'm very disappointed that you say that. Because, let's, hold on. Let me say positive things first. (laughs) Okay, first of all, it's beautiful to look at. Mm Mm-hmm. I, somebody was complaining about the soundtrack. I thought it was good. I think he always delivers think, with the soundtrack. I think it was Klee was complaining about the soundtrack. I think everybody had a great performance. I think Leo and Brad Pitt were amazing. However. Comma. Thank you. Comma, comma, comma. Uh, I feel like nothing really happened. And I feel like. I don't know. I had a lot of problems with it. First of all, Margot Robbie has three lines in the movie. Charles Manson is it for two seconds. I'll give you my rebuttal of that after you're done. Please. No, no, no. I want to hear it now. No. <laughs> the reason that Margot Robbie was not in that movie for so much is because Sharon Tate wasn't really... She was a star at that point in her career, mm-hmm. but she wasn't that famous yet. She wasn't on that okay. level. She wasn't at Roman Polanski's So, level. when you talk about the Manson murders as a subject... You're viewing the Manson murders in a very singular way. As, as Charles the Sharon Manson, Tate murders. As those Sharon Tate murders. As Charles Manson being the center of the story, with Sharon Tate being kind of the mm-hmm. sub-story. Mm-hmm. With this, it kind of gives her more of her own solo story. We don't see much of Charles Manson in this movie. We don't really see much of the Manson family, where they're kind of just introduced in this one scene. Mm-hmm. Which, that's one thing I would have changed myself, is that there wasn't really much... In, in the background of the Manson family. Yeah. But you do make a valid point that Sharon Tate wasn't given a lot of screen time. I would have been okay with her getting a little more screen time. But I felt that he, the way he did it was classy because mm. you see her doing normal things. Yeah. The whole bare feet foot thing. Even though it's just a Quentin Tarantino trope to have yeah, the bare yeah, feet. Yeah. That actually is a thing. She never liked to wear shoes as... Okay, I like as, that. Yeah. Uh, okay, a few things. One... I did, even though she didn't do a lot, 
I did really like the Margot Robbie scene of her in the movie. Uh, and it was like, very wholesome. And like can people were laughing, and she was like, "Can I? Can I say? I feel like Margot Robbie could, should have played. Okay, I think it should have gone one of two ways, and I, I like it should have either went. They shouldn't have had Margot Robbie, and Sharon Tate should have just been a background character with her arc, like for what's going to happen to her, being this kind of subtle background while we focus on Leo and Brad Pitt. Or it goes the other way, where you cut out so much, like, there's so much useless stuff that happens in this movie. There's so much, like, we don't need to see, like, mm-hmm. of so much just driving around L.A. A lot so of much shoe of leather just, a lot of A lot of just pulling into places. Just, just so much, like, I want to re-edit this film and just try and cut down a half an hour of it just to make it flow better. And yeah, then just... I... You first. Go on. First. I like I like when movies do that occasionally, where they do like sort of like a tongue in cheek reenactment. Yeah. Like they did that in Black Klansman at the beginning when mm-hmm. you have the racist dude reenacting like one of those PSAs about right. the the strife of the the white man and that yeah. sort of a thing. That was kind of cool. I'm trying to think of another time that one. Oh, and in, I know you don't like it, but in um, Trainwrecked, when there was a, a movie about <laughs> <laughs> who said I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I think it was Trainwreck, or was that that Me and Earl movie that I saw? Oh, okay. The I Dying Girl one? one. There's a scene <laughs> where they do a reenactment, and it's uh, a movie about a dog walker starring Daniel Radcliffe. Just very tongue-in-cheek, like, like meta jokes. But I feel like if they did a little too many of those in this movie... That's that's what I was also It could have been a, one, a one-time joke like they did in the intro, but I felt like they kept going back to it, where there was that little montage of... There was just a lot like, of... Like, oh, he was in this movie, and, look and this Rick year Dalton he did. did. Well, look what Rick Dalton did, and that sort of a thing. Like, I, oh. no, no, well, the one thing I was gonna say is, moments of, like, seeing Rick's career, like, one of, them, I think, my favorite parts... Because, like, it's... I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie. I would describe this to people as it's worth one watch on, like, a rented Blu-ray or something. It's not terrible, but and it's not it's something not, that... Qu- it's not Quentin Tarantino level of This movie. is the best way I've, I, I've heard it described, and I would completely agree with. It's better than most movies you see today, but horrible for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. If a different director made it, I'd be like, that was okay. That was an okay movie. But you expect more out of him. I ex- well, here's the thing. Think about... Every Tarantino movie has, like, so many, like, iconic scenes. Except for Jackie Where Brown. you're like, holy shit. We don't even talk. We're not going to get into that right now. But, like, okay, so, Inglorious Bastards. That first scene with Christoph Waltz. Where That's he goes into the house. favorite Holy scene. shit. Like, the tension. Like, the dialogue in that. And then. That's the, how you open a movie. Yeah, the shootout in the bar. Holy shit. The part, the whole thing with the theater is, like, holy shit. Anytime Christoph Waltz is interrogating somebody. But this had the ending and i did really enjoy leo being uh, leo and acting scenes. leo acting yeah that was great and i did like the human element but i feel like it didn't have like iconic scenes except for yeah. that ending you and i feel I mean? like they had a few plot holes where they didn't really explain like the one ma- like they always saying they killed his wife they would do stuff where like they introduce something and you think it's going to be important or come into play later and that's just maybe I... that was to be like to show that he's well, I don't want to spoil anything. I, I we're think we're that, spoiler podcast. It's I, okay. I think that Quentin's biggest fault, which actually, let me go back to the one thing I did enjoy about the movie, and this is things I enjoyed about, like, say, movies like Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. Hail Caesar and, was a and, great and, movie. And Ed Wood. I yeah. love Hail Caesar, but it's oh, like Ed Wood. I love and Ed Wood. These are these are things that I liked about them, and this is things what I like about movies about filmmaking itself is mm-hmm. I loved the scenes 
where you see Leo actually like in the process of making a film, like he was in that making that western. And I thought that was great. That was so enjoyable to watch because you're literally just the camera as in this is happening and then you see Leo maybe having to retake a line or something mm-hmm. like that and then and then they just reset to one and the camera literally That moves. was a like great scene. And that was that, that was, was great. Really it had good. great scenes like that, but like and that's something I really enjoyed, but I would rather have more of that than just stuff like, "Oh, um like just let's see what Leo's like did in his past or oh hey like just or exposition mm-hmm. or just shots of just driving like Brad Pitt drove a lot and then like you said as well there was a lot of stuff where they built up this stuff and then they never did anything which a lot of it, it in all honesty it felt kind of like a gag which maybe that was the point but it just never mm-hmm. it was never it was never worth the joke considering the fact that you're you're building something really interesting that's inv- having people invested mm-hmm. and you think might play mm-hmm. off later even if it's just as something as simple as a throwaway line yeah. mm-hmm. which i feel like the only build up to the fact that oh he killed his wife is maybe just for the sake of oh this is why he did this at the end so easily yeah that's what i was thinking like oh he's done this thing so that means like so later you're like, yeah, he would be able, he would have can, the can, potential to do that. So the thing I was also going to say, and I said this to Dixon before, I think what the problem, I think the hugest problem with this film is that Quentin Tarantino kind of pulled what what Game of Thrones season eight did, and they pulled the subverting expectations. Because if you think about the entirety of that film, and anyone who has seen the film would kind of see this as well, yeah. where there were a lot of moments where you think it's going to go somewhere and then they completely change it. Uh, for instance, Brad, to say it very subtly, Brad, Spit, uh, Brad Pitt's checking Brad on something. Spit. Brad Spit. <laughs> Brad Spit. Brad, Brad, Brad Pitt's checking on something. Not going to say what, but then he eventually goes and checks on it and then you think you completely think it's going to go one way because the entire mood's building to that. And then, they, and, then they, and then it's not what you think it is. And I mean, that was good, but the problem is that was the... From that point forward, everything no in that tension. movie, it's just... There's no tension, and then just everything going forward in that is, like, every, every pretty much every expectation was basically, like, subverted, including at the very end, too. And mm. it's just, I think that was just the big problem, is because you subverted all the expectations, you kind of just left me feeling like nothing was important and nothing was happening. Two things. The scene where he goes to the ranch, where they all live, is so, like, tense, and you're like, holy shit. And then that's it. There's no more tension throughout, like, later mm. on. And, like, you, it, it could have been, like, I feel, like, really good if you worked with that, but then just kind of, like, thrown away to subvert. And one more thing, I feel like that's kind of, like, Quentin's thing is the subverting expectations. Reservoir Dogs is about a bank robbery. You never see the bank robbery. Glorious Bastards, they kill Hitler. But if you, but if you think die. of all of those movies, there's usually only one. This had, like, this was, like, a lot of Quentin Tarantino doing what he does, but then overplaying his hand yeah. in a lot of ways. So it's, like, okay... You did, like, the twist, but for what? You just kind of threw away the tension. Nothing was really gained from it. And that's why, that's, again, like, the problem with the season eight writers. You know, you, you the problem, I think, with a lot of, like, this stuff today is, like, you want to throw audiences for, like, a, a whirl, and I appreciate that, but you also can't forget that there's an element to storytelling involved. And you can't, like, just be, okay, just because you want to shock the audience, that doesn't mean it's going to be a good kind of shock. You might be shocked because it's absolutely terrible. Because people have, like, seen so much and consumed so much media, there's, like, a need to, like, change things or do something they wouldn't expect. But, like, you're throwing away all this tension and what could be a really intense scene just for, like, some laughs. And I did really enjoy the ending, but, like, 
I don't know. It's not worth two and a half hours, which is what I'm saying. If yeah. you, if I, I would love to try and see just for shits and giggles if I could just cut down a half an hour of that movie yeah. mm-hmm. and make it like a typical movie runtime. Because I literally, at some point, I just kept looking at my phone and yeah. I was like, oh, oh, okay, it's 12.30 now. I can't tell if we're in the second or third act. That's something we could talk about is like how we usually have that general hour and 59 minute runtime thing. Right. Because it's a mental thing with people. They think it's only an hour. Yeah. But why do you think that some directors get the luxury of making their movies two hours and 45 minutes as opposed to an hour and 20 minutes? Well, part of me for this, I think it was Sony. Sony, uh, like I think, Charlie, were you part? I don't know if you were part of this conversation. I know me and Klee talked about this. Sony has been, just feels like it's a company that always takes risks. Like, they... They tend to put out, like, a lot of mixed like Spider-verse. stuff. Like Spider-Verse? Yeah. Spider-Verse was very different from anything else they put out. Yeah, so like... but I, I think everything as a whole. I mean, they put out, they always put out, like, comparatively to every other studio, they always put out, like, different stuff. They never they never are just set into one type of thing. And most of the stuff they always put out is always either a, a, a complete box office failure or a, just a commercial success. Yeah. But it's like, they'll, they'll always do that. So I think when it came to, like, picking up a script by Quentin Tarantino, which supposedly no other studio really wanted, I think they were just really? completely down to let him do I whatever don't he wanted. Be- I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I feel like if it's Quint- a Tarantino movie, they're like, oh, he can do whatever he yeah. wants. They but they, trust might have re- they might have read the script and might not yeah. have really liked it. Maybe. Ever since, like, Kill Bill, I think he's pretty much had carte blanche I think on his, he anything can, he wants to make. Yeah. They're like, oh, you want to make it three hours? Go for it. We trust you. We've seen what you... Yeah. We've seen your... Um, your portfolio, <laughs> like we, yeah, we... like he's he's one of those directors now where he's like Scorsese. It's like if he wants to make a movie, it, it, even if it makes money or not, yeah. he's still gonna get a quality. Exactly. Supposedly, I uh, also read Martin Scorsese's doing a new uh, setting up a new film with Robert De Niro and Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Uh, are you talking about the Irishman, the one the Netflix no, is no, putting yeah, out? There's a new one. There's, yeah. a, there's a new, new yeah, one. Yeah, they're filming out. it in the area. Actually, I believe they're scouting for this oh, area, wow. <gasps> the undisclosed location Yo, where we all it's live. All, let's all apply for PA. Because yeah, because uh, one of my yeah. friends was telling me that we should we should try to get on that. So I'm, I'm absolutely so going to try now and get if, on that. I know he's scouting in the area allegedly. So don't, listen, don't they're, probably, they're probably going to start. They're probably going to they're probably going to start shooting that by by next spring. I'm going to be out of school by that time. I need a job. Yeah, yeah, we all need a job. We all need jobs. We need bread. Anybody who wants to be out there, we're all we're all hard working men we can lift we can lift 50 pounds or more um we like long walks on the beach denley he is single and ready to mingle i need money we all need money give me money um, is it need, weird that i, I i'm not I'm willing not, to i don't necessarily need money i need a way into the industry either give me money or buy me the things that i want that's, yeah that's all i can ask so, i'll live right on the now. street so, so long we are as the, I'm in the industry oh, we're, the, yeah. Yeah. we're the official sugar daddy podcast i don't need to be in the industry i just want to make be able to make movies but you can do that normally you just gotta have a camera and a dream yeah but i need you know can i honestly say uh and i'm bringing this up because they're they're working on this now i am very disappointed in the fact that i actually did not get to be on the set of a quiet place too because that was right there well that was (laughs) yeah they already filmed it no they're filming it now oh they're filming the sequel up in uh buffalo new york and, which is oh. where I've been going to school. So I recently, for the for just so the audience is aware, I recently had the wonderful opportunity to uh, be uh, the behind the scenes cameraman. And right now, right now I'm the editor. Rachel might pull somebody new to do the editing, but Rachel. either way. Um, but anyway, so I'll throw Rachel's name out there. I don't care. Rachel? I love Rachel. Rachel. Rachel's awesome. But so, uh, but yeah, on this film, on this film, Givers of Death, uh, please go look it up when it comes out. Right now they're trying to get into Sundance, but anyway, uh, Rachel almost got me a chance to be in the, um, 
as a PA on A Quiet Place too, and yeah. I was really excited about that because she. Knew, I'm not gonna say anything anything too specific, but let's say she knew some people who were on that job, and they and that she was gonna throw my resume to them and possibly get me a PA job, and I was super excited about it, and then, unfortunately, the person involved in the film no longer became involved with it, because I think something else came up on their line of work. So, eventually, that just kind of dropped. And the weird thing, though, the weird thing is that, uh, from the Givers of Je uh, Death Job, I know there was a lot of people, or a good amount of people, I should say, who were trying to look into getting that, but, like, no word was put out about them looking for crew. Which was really weird. Like, people were, like, kind of scouring for news on that. All we really heard was that they had a casting call for extras, but they didn't, but they never had anything yeah. on crew. You seem to have to kind of, like, know who you're looking for when you're mm -hmm. trying to get a job like that. Well, that's that. what I was thinking. I'm like, they, they clear, they might yeah. have just decided we're only going to work with the people who, uh, worked on the first one, which was yeah. my thought process. But th honestly, if there's one thing I've learned now is that it's really weird. So, there's one thing I've, kind of started to realize is that a lot of well i don't know about major major production companies but just films as a whole a lot of people try to look for local talent which is why i say yeah. we should try and get it on if this film gets local yeah we should try and look in for local work yeah people probably don't want to outsource shit so they have to like pay people for yeah people don't want to, have of, to pay for flights speaking for, of that movie though i'm very disappointed in the idea that we need a sequel to that movie, to a Quiet Place. Yeah, I don't because think it was one do. of those movies yeah, that got an indie. It was like it's basically like an indie movie. Yeah, and it was really popular. So. It's really popular with people. Uh, but I now bet... they feel they need to make a sequel on a movie that doesn't now, really. How are they going to expand on that concept? Can I, you know, can I tell you who a producer is on the film uh, aside from Quiet John Krasinski? Yeah, remember Quiet Place too. Uh, Michael Bay. I was just about to say, is it Michael oh. Bay? <laughs> it's a franchise now. Oh. Are we gonna get a prequel to a Quiet Place? Why God? A series of Quiet Place uh, McDonald's toys. Um, Fuck Michael Bay, single-handedly destroying my childhood. That piece yeah. of shit. I, <laughs> when I was a kid, I fucking loved Transformers so much. Like, and the Unicron movie was oh, my shit. That was good. And I was like, tra they're making Transformers movies. Oh my god! And I watched them, and they're awful. <laughs> And they get progressively worse. Like They're the one like with the Shia LaBeouf. The ever. one with Shia LaBeouf is it's not an that average bad. movie. It's okay. And I they like get the progressively it's worse. It's a good action. Can flick. I say I I really enjoyed the first two, and then I started hating them after that. Because they turn into it's an action movie, and you want to see the big fight, but it's three hours, and there's two fights, and when those fights aren't happening, nothing is happening. It's just uh, literally there's nothing. Just what's the word? Shit. What's the stuff you fill in between the movie? I'm, I'm, filler? No, I'm drawing a blank. It's filler. Not filler. It's another word. Uh, exposition. Oh, it's just a lot of exposition. Do you know what was an amazing action movie? One of my favorites? Pacific Rim. Yeah. Ooh. That did the it big right. robots? Because you know the shit in between is bearable, yeah. and the fight scenes are amazing. And that's a perfect Agreed. action movie. Can I say another thing that also the makes... The filler is bearable, and the action scenes are amazing. I was going to say, it's, it's, so, it's such a simple plot. They don't try yeah. to make it convoluted or anything, or try. It doesn't even try to take itself super seriously. Because they know what you're coming for. Because it's like you're coming to watch giant robots fight giant monsters. I want to be entertained. I don't need like some like I don't even know. It's just we need that like action movie. Like you're saying, just you need an action movie that's going to give you what you came for. Not we're not here yeah. to see the exposition. Like you're giving us half and half doing that. If you're giving us half half action, half story. 
we're gonna want one or the other. No. So you're no, you're I taking away from both your audiences that way. I just just set up why the things are fighting, and I really don't care. It doesn't need to be like this Shakespearean thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Just set it up and let it happen. Godzilla, the new Godzilla movie, right? Mm-hmm. So they set it up, whatever, whatever. I feel like that movie is so little of the monsters fighting and so much about the family drama and about the human characters. And I couldn't give well, less of a you, shit you know the issue about the why, human characters. Right? It's because they pull these actors who need to get their their money's worth out of like i'm assuming they have to pay a certain amount like if they got no-named actors that'd be fantastic because Mm -hmm. they could just pay them dirt cheap yeah and then they just get to spend the time on the monsters but the problem is they they need to pull in certain people to get the name get names to stick like we got to pull in l from uh stranger things and we got to pull who's the doctor again dr sarazawa yeah who's the actor who plays him again uh ken watanabe yeah they got to pull ken in there for a shit ton of money the thing is, set it up as bad guy has machine that wakes the monsters up. That's fine. That's all you need to do. I don't want the family <laughs> drama. I don't give a shit about the kid. I don't care about their dead child. I don't care about their divorce. Like, don't don't waste my time on that shit. On, Make on, the movie an hour long. On this note, care. before we get away from it too far, did you see Bumblebee by any chance? No. Did you see? Did you see the first ten minutes of Bumblebee? No. Is it good? It's basically just OG Transformers because okay. literally every. Well, now I can watch. Well, because well, don't watch the rest of it, <laughs> but watch just look up the first like ten minutes because literally all the of the Transformers. Cybertron. Is it's that basically it? just the it's basically just the video game series for like Fall of Cybertron. You and showed War me that. For Cybertron. It looks dope. Be, like what I also loved about it is that literally all the Transformers look and sound exactly like their TV counterparts. Yeah. Like even like I I love the scene where they had uh. Soundwave. He literally I just had Soundwave. the. He literally just sounded like Soundwave. He looked like Soundwave. He was just like the VHS tape of the dead center of his thing, and he opened it up, and then right. I forget the name of the bird that comes out of him. And I feel like movies. And Ravenger. Ravenger was the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ravenger and the bird came out of out of his little VHS tape slot, and then you got Shockwave in there too, and then you got like it, it was a little weird because there were cars, and you figured they wouldn't be cars. They were just regular looking cars on the planet's surface but it i didn't care it just looked it just looked like it just looked like og transformers just done right and it made me excited for the thought that they could possibly make a universe out of this uh-huh. and starscreen looks like starscreen i feel like action movies now i'm gonna use godzilla as an example again take themselves too seriously do some goofy shit do like the sound wave thing with the cassette tape do like the old batman like michael keaton batman movies like just make it fun and like over the top and entertaining i don't know Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Should we wrap it up? Yeah, we can just do a little short episode. Like closing you know, closing I mean, arguments? I mean, well, how long yeah. have we been running for? About 40 minutes. So we really we, got I mean, half. we could just take it to the full hour. We got like a half hour episode. Well, you gotta leave gonna, soon? Yeah, I gotta yeah. leave soon. Why do you gotta leave soon? I gotta go somewhere. Immediately? We're supposed to be there at 9. It takes 45 minutes to drive there. What if we watch the movie real quick and then you left? Watch a movie? <laughs> watch a two hour movie? Takes I have to be there at 9. It's 8. What movie are we going to watch nice that's guys. 10 minutes okay. long? Well, we'll just put this as our uh, short uh, review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not America. Speaking um, of long movies, a four-hour movie. Um, I mean, see it if you want. It looks pretty, but eh, it's uh, just meh. Coming from me, uh, second best Tarantino movie next to Reservoir Dogs. Um, 
a great film. Should definitely own it. Really? This definitely is your number it. two? Once number upon a time, two. is your number two? Yes, I'd say my top five. Well, we could do this. Let, let me hear your top three. because I'm. Our closing statements would be our top five. Tarantino? Tarantino? All right, so I'd say Reservoir Dogs, this one, uh, Kill Bill, Django, and Inglorious Bastards. I would go with my pot. Dan? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? <laughs> Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Pretentious, pretentious. <laughs> That's a cop out. <laughs> That's a cop out. That's too easy. Uh, Django, and I want to say Kill Bill, but I've never actually watched Kill Bill in its entirety to say watch five. It. So, just watch the second one. God, I'm not. I'm Start honestly, at twenty minutes. I'm not in. sure what I'd put at number five. Because I'm late. Like, hmm? Jackie Brown. Barbie wants Brown. to say Jackie Brown, but I haven't I'm really Jackie interested Brown in yours. Years. So, I'll say Jackie uh, Brown for now. Pulp Fiction is actually my favorite movie. Have you seen it? Charlie, what do you think? So, number one, I'm counting them both as one movie, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Okay, so you're Kill you Bill always, I think everybody does. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna say, I think Kill Bill is probably number one. Number two, Inglorious Bastards. Because I think Christoph Waltz in that is, like, insane. Oscar I think that's Worthy? one of my favorite, like, performances by any actor. Inglorious Bastards is my number one for that reason. Like yeah. that whole movie is just a work of art. That's his mind. best yeah, overall. Mo- I think so that's his best good. work. It's just not my favorite. That's fair. No, yeah, I totally respect that. Number like, three, yeah, uh, Django probably. I don't want to say Pulp Fiction because that's like. Listen, I'm just I'll, saying I'll Pulp Fiction, just cause, but just because I don't know because that's like everybody. So obviously, Jackie Brown's number five. Right? I five. What the fuck? I mean, he's done so much more. I just. I'm just trying to think as a, like, because he's made, like, a, I feel, here's the thing, it's like, I feel like there's, like... That's basically his entire filmography, because nobody yeah. really likes Hateful Eight, nobody really likes Jackie Brown. Hateful okay, no, no, I take good. that back, I take Hateful that back. Is good, Hateful Eight's but... my fifth. Hateful Eight's my fifth. Because yeah. I completely, if I'm going to be completely honest, I completely forgot for a minute there that that was, that was his, but, like, I, Hateful Eight's my fifth. Can you consider True Romance to be a uh, Tarantino film? Because he technically got it. I actually really need to watch it. And, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, From Dust Till Dawn is technically a Tarantino film. No, it's not. That's Robert Rodriguez. He started it. I'm only counting the nine. Like, like, I legit legit thought of that. I legit thought of From Dust Till Dawn. But I was like, no, that's Robert Rodriguez. He he just started it. Like, I feel like, is Death Proof really a part of his They're better together. They're not. It's not really a movie. It's more of an experience. You watch it together with the other one. I think. So. Oh, Reservoir Dogs is number five. I don't know why I wouldn't like. I don't um, know why these I men. Did you see the city on that list? So Kill Bill. He was a assist, He was like a special director on that. Uh, okay. I say Kill Bill. He directed a few scenes. Inglorious Bastards, Django, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction is really top three, but I these, have to uh, put it down because these it's men here, they're not. A, they don't have any respect for art. What, Jackie, Brown? Jackie Brown's actually the greatest film ever made. Jackie Brown is number six. I need to rewatch Jackie okay. Brown, honestly. I need to rewatch. I need to watch Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, uh, true, was it True Love? What was his name? True Romance. True Romance. That was it. I gotta watch True Romance. I haven't I seen it either. It's on the shelf there. I haven't movie, seen. What movie gave a better Samuel L. Jackson performance? Jackie Brown or Black Snake Moan? I've never seen Black Snake Moan. You should check it out. That's a movie. And that's awesome. I prefer, All right, what was the best movie, Quentin Tarantino movie, movie that uh, that Samuel L. Jackson was in? What was his best performance or best movie that he was in? That w- doesn't include best, Pulp Fiction. Best performance in a Quentin that Tarantino That doesn't include movie. Pulp Fiction? It's, it's got to be Pulp Fiction, so we can't say Pulp Fiction, because that's um, obviously... 
Are I we think, talking in general best Samuel Jackson performance? Snake's not a plan, of course. Is, uh, but is Pulp Fiction his best performance? What would be a counter to that? Jackie Brown. He was only been in. Well, no, 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 no. I just mean like out of all of his movies. Oh, do the right thing is his best performance. Hundred percent. He was in. He, because like he's been in he's been in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. Actually, I was surprised yeah. that spoiler alert he's actually not in. Uh, in, uh, once he's really time. not in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. No. He's only been in like two. Jackie Brown, Django. Oh yeah, he was in. Oh yeah, he was in Django. Hateful Eight. He, yeah. he had a cameo in uh, in Inglorious Bastards. I don't count. He did. Yeah, he was in. He narrated at one point. Oh, that's not a cameo. I don't count that because yeah. he just did voiceover. I count. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, I don't. Maybe Pulp Fiction is his best. Problem with Pulp Fiction is that I ha- I I feel this guilt watching like liking Pulp Fiction because it's such a it's a cinema it's such a, it, it, it's such a, a pretentious film student thing have, to say it's not the, a pretentious movie but it's just such a to have that anything like your favorite movie, I, yeah like, can I off. can I give you a perfect example of how this is entirely true um, I took first or second semester at UB I took a no second semester I took a documentary course and the professor wanted to like have us all go around and say either who our favorite directors were or director was or who our, what our favorite movie was and this is what everybody in that fucking classroom Tarantino. said no they were like Tarantino I'm like no can I can I go through the whole Wes Anderson Tarantino no, no, Tarantino no, 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 Tarantino, no. Tarantino. No, no, no. I, not, let me let me go through it yeah, yeah. let me go through it they were like I like Quentin Tarantino I like uh I like Christopher Nolan I, I like, like Wes the... Anderson No no one said Wes Anderson no? it was literally it was literally Quentin Tarantino Christopher Nolan Dark Knight, Dark Knight, uh, Inception, Pulp Fiction. Those were the top I, five answers out of everybody in that room. I I do love Christopher Nolan. They ruined but I it. Don't get having him as your favorite director. I I I consider Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction and Christopher Nolan fans to be akin to how much <laughs> Holy Trinity. to how much Rick and Morty fans ruin the franchise. I feel they like- just. It's just so saturated how much people worship can, it as this second coming. Can I uh, can I say what my response was during this whole thing? Yes, and then can I end it with a hot take? Yes. Well, so, it's not very hot. But. So we go ahead. We go ahead. We go ahead and uh, so they're going around the room. It's like, what's your favorite? It's like, I like Pulp Fiction. I like. I think one person said Reservoir Dogs. It's like, oh, Reservoir Dogs. I like Christopher Nolan. I like uh, Dark Knight. It's like, what do you like? I'm like, well, I don't really have a favorite movie or director, but right now I'm really into Baby Driver and Edgar Wright. And they're like, and some person goes. Who's that? I'm like, get out of this fucking room. <laughs> get out of this fucking room right now. It's like, Sick before bastard. you take your hot take, it's like that first day of class when our favorite professor goes around and asks everybody what their favorite uh, movie or director is, and then the one kid, Eric Dygert's like, I don't watch movies. And it's like, what you, how'd you get into this I'm class? like, why are you here? You know where you are. <laughs> you know where you are. I, I want to make hall. reality TV shows. All right. Which is fine. All right, Mr. Fine. Hot Take. Well, it's not, it's not a hot take. This is, I a, feel like, this is a Poland Spring hot take here. I feel like, so, I think to be, like, kind of pretentious, film students won't say Kubrick is their favorite director because it's, like, too easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they won't say, I don't think they would say Orson Welles, and I don't think they would say Kubrick, and I don't think they would say Spielberg because they're, like, too, it's too easy. Yeah. So, they want someone, like, underground. They want someone you, you don't really know. And yeah. they're, like, this is actually the best director. But I think... My personal opinion, I don't even know if he's my favorite, but I think Kubrick is the best 
Kubrick is the best director. He's never made a bad movie. Kubrick never made a. He never ever. If you don't, even if you don't like some of his movies, they're still he had. But incredible. he, but every one of those films are his. Yeah. He didn't have like, oh well, the studio thinks I should do it this way. He's yeah. just like, no. I read this book about a clock, and work in the orange, and, <laughs> and I'm gonna make it. And I you're gonna movie and you're gonna pay it. me for it. Yeah. And he just made shit and just like, I don't know, they're all so solid. for my clockwork orange like, production. That's how he sounds, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I never talked about But that. that's kind of a cop-out, yeah. so I get why people don't. Uh, to be honest, I feel like... I, I, that's I don't not feel anymore like that, because you're going to... I don't gonna, feel like that's the case, though. You're going to hear... You're not going to hear it as much yeah. as you would, yeah. No, I don't... I honestly don't think that's the case because otherwise, I feel like in today's media genre, it's the Tarantinos and the Christopher Nolans, and I feel like that's the easy cop-out. Like I feel like most people to like most of the media snobs today, they're they're that's what they're because like again I think that classroom is the perfect example of like the media like the film snobs mm-hmm. who are like that's like oh I like them because it it's oh, like a, oh you like Kubrick oh, oh, oh. no well no oh, I, I feel oh. like no I feel like I feel like not many people have really watched Kubrick I mean hell I don't think I've really watched too much of Kubrick's films or uh, anything like that I mean I appreciate their works but I feel like they're like not really as like I'm gonna say modern, and like I feel like just a lot of the snobs today kind of focus on on what's mo- on like the modern genre right, of film, right. which is which is like. like people like Christopher Nolan and and Tarantino and even Martin Scorsese. Here's my prediction: I think we're gonna see a lot in the future film students saying Ari Aster is their favorite director, the Hereditary guy. Yeah. Hereditary and Midsummer. No, we're gonna see a lot of people saying Black Panther is their favorite movie of all time. Well, no, but director, I'm saying. No, I mean I'm also talking movies. <laughs> there's not a think? lot of. I don't think there's a lot of film lovers in the next generation, unfortunately, and it's kind of sad. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just I, gonna. I, my I, my hot take is that people don't appreciate. They don't appreciate the art of filmmaking. We need. They're given this set amount of mainstream films that they can follow like Pulp Fiction Mm -hmm. like Black Panther the Marvel movies and then they don't really have a grasp on where those films came from we need somebody in like the next decade we need like a Tarantino to give us something like Pulp Fiction where people are like what the fuck was that also that was amazing and I loved it something like different Hereditary was like that I feel but it was also like I, I do really like Ari Aster, and I want to see more of his shit, but I feel like... I don't think he's hit his stride yet of something that's, like, so... His, he has really good quality, but I think he needs to get out of his comfort zone more and do something that's completely different. Because he did, like, Paranormal and, like, a cult movie, and I think he can deliver something that's, like, whoa, this is something, like, I yeah. haven't Well, seen I think that. a huge issue... Not so much coming from the filmmakers, but like a lot of the times the studios, the studios mm. now want safe oh, yeah. and sound. That's, so it's yeah. really hard unless mm. you've got some traction. It's really hard to get yeah. a studio to green light something very For risky. Sure. I mean, that's why, honestly, like, I think Sony gets a lot of crap, but there is like a company that usually takes risks on things. Mm. So I feel like if you really want to take a risk on something, either go to a studio like Sony or A24. I don't think, I don't know if we could get in this climate something like Star Wars. Star Wars was a huge risk, it's this huge. Yeah epic thing that costs a lot of money with like a young director trying something new and it worked out but i don't think studios are going to take the risk that it takes to get something like that new that's so like yeah because something like a quiet place still has it's the guy from the office exactly we we haven't had a movie in a long time 
to my memory, yeah. where there's a whole bunch of no-name actors and they all become famous. Yeah. Well, not um, saying like in the '70s, you had Last Picture Show, which had all these like really like Civil uh, Shepherd. You had um, the guy from uh, Lost in New York, the guy that was oh, uh, Kurt, is it Kurt, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah, like those. And then I, I believe that Peter Bogdanovich directed it. But that was like one of those early films where it was really popular and there was a lot of big name actors for such an independent movie that yeah. went on to, you know, become really famous. Yeah, become what it is. Kind of like that was like Easy Rider was like that because he yeah. had like Jack Nicholson, I believe he was in there. I gotta be honest, I do not like Easy Rider. But like, I think Jack I'm, Nicholson is the best But like, this shouldn't movie. be about like what you do and do not like. If you like Black oh, yeah. Panther, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not judging you for that. But I feel like people make vague generalizations about what they like uh-huh. because they only focus on one particular kind of set genre that they're given. Right. And I think that's what I fear about where we're going with this Netflix or world where we have a lot of these average movies. Also, I feel like every Netflix movie is like the most generic idea for said genre Mm -hmm. for whatever genre it is it's like this is the most generic version of this it's like the new hallmark network yeah that's what it feels like like it's just like a movie that got shat out for what's more than what hallmark movies actually get made for but just feels that same level formulaic soulless (laughs) you can argue that you can argue that marvel movies are kind of like that i I, because a lot of them have the same i'm sure these people are very hard working and i don't want to shit on them exactly i'm not judging them to be fair they could easily just be people like us who just really want work and don't really care what we get in the very beginning but i understand the grind talks so what do we and bullshit walks what do we know that ladies and that ladies and gentlemen is is the triple podcast and that is the triple truth ruth should we have Closing statements. closing statements. We all love Dan Leahy. Uh, it's a lie. That's not an argument. Visit that's Dan Leahy. That's, Visit that's, Dan Leahy. No, that was the argument. My rebuttal is that's w, a lie. www.danleahy.com. Check out the boys on Amazon. And then, uh, you know. Support local artists. Support local artists. Uh, don't watch... Po- Actually, it's a pretty good movie. You should watch, watch movies you've never seen before. No, don't be Step afraid to watch a movie. Zone. And don't be afraid... Listen, don't be afraid... Listen, you can watch Christopher Nolan. You can watch... Quentin Tarantino. Watch the classics, but watch new stuff, too. Yeah, I don't want to go ahead and, like, diss somebody for saying that Pulp Fiction's their favorite. However, I I don't feel like... It's amazing. I feel like there's so many movies out there that you shouldn't classify something as your favorite. Like, I think for the longest time, Terminator 2 was my all-time favorite movie, and then I started watching more, and now I don't have a favorite movie. I just didn't want to say Pulp Fiction was my number one, because that movie gets so much love, I want to give love to some of the other ones, because they all deserve... I've developed my palette. My top three will never change. Top three? Till I die, this will never change. Oh, One and two will struggle with each other. It doesn't have to change. No, it never will. So, anyway, gentlemen, it's been real. I like how you already have the hat. But that's for another day. Good night. This has been the Joe Rogan Experience.